Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. I know what you're 
Bringing you the music of Brooklyn and beyond to the world. You're listening to The Roden Hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks for staying with us after the second show of Monday Mood, hosted by DJ Kicks. She plays your favorite alt-rock and pop tunes every Monday from 6 to 8, and she's taken over for DJ Nenem and the Seeds of Afro. We hope we'll be back and then maybe even one time you'll be able to get to, uh, to actually get to meet him. So tonight I am joined in the studio by my good friend Eden James. We are going to be talking about the release of his fourth single from his upcoming album, Dangerous Game. We opened with the second single off the upcoming album, Stranger. And then we followed it with a brand new release by a band out of Northwest England. They are called Mosley Bar. We are enjoying a beer here in the studio at Radio Free Brooklyn. Hope you are at home. Their song is called Stranger Place. Eden, welcome back to the studio. It's always great to have you here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Eden is going to be playing Sunday night at Pianos. Now, did you curate this show yourself? I did not. I was invited to it. 
uh, the other acts on the on the bill. You were invited to it. Yeah. Okay. Because um, it's everybody's got a very similar vibe going on. Everybody's got a similar sound. Uh, I think it's a really nice. This sounds a strange thing to say. It's a really nice Sunday evening bill uh, to wind you down from the weekend, get you ready for the week without sort of going out all balls to the wall, rock and roll. Uh, but I know you have, you can do that if you want to do that, right? Yeah, we've got, we've got 11 on our dials, uh, so we can do that for sure. <laughs> now, with the new music that, that's coming out, um, there seems to, you sort of seem to be off exploring in different areas in terms of just the sound that you're putting together, um, and maybe the content of the songs as well. Um, I, I, there's a theme, right? Running through them. Yeah. There's, there's kind of a theme of, um, a little bit of darkness, I guess, in, in when you're, uh, looking at a sort of a rock pop spectrum, you know, pop's fairly light, but it's always nice to bring a little bit of darkness to what's generally a kind of positive, um, genre. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I find I enjoy writing about that. That darkness element, it's more interesting writing about the, the villain than the hero. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, I try to bring a little bit of mystery into these three-minute novels. <laughs> now, now why, why do you say that? Just because there's – I thought the hero was supposed to have all the glamour. The hero was supposed to have all the fun. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of, re- I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of reading about it. You know, the, you know there's yin and the yang of, of, of life everywhere, and I, I feel we all need to be balanced. So, um, you know, I want to contribute to that, that balance and bring some of the alternate storylines to the marketplace. Now, does the uh, does the villain get the bad girl? Ah, nice. Um, and he was a stranger. <laughs> so so um, maybe I don't know. It's yet we'll yet stick around and we'll find out. <laughs> stay stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, and you can interpret both of those songs yeah. and, and uh, discover discover for yourself. So, um, what I neglected to mention was that at the show on on Sunday evening, also playing is Kuvo. Uh, Marla Croon and Mark Smith, who's opening the evening. You can find uh, tickets ahead of time for only $8. You can go to the pianos.nyc, uh, pianosnyc.com to pick them up. Yep. Edenjames.com. There's a, there's a link. Ticketfly.com as well. And then yeah. ticketfly.com to be able to pick them up mm-hmm. uh, ahead of time. Um, now, is the majority of the album already recorded and you're releasing singles or is the album sort of taking shape over these months and still going off in an uncharted direction? Very good question, Matt. It is already recorded. Okay. Here's your answer. It's already recorded. I've been sitting on it like a mother hen, um, letting, waiting to like release these little birdies out into the open, fly on their own. So I've been just like sitting on it, keeping it warm and just release one at a time because I feel that's the way the industry's going and that we, a lot of people are um, – digesting music piecemeal single by single playlist by playlist it's less about albums and 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 consuming an album at once um you know no one's really buying uh albums per se at once i mean i think that the real fans are um and the real music lovers are uh but even then i think you you still discover music generally through a single Mm -hmm. um by hearing it somewhere and I, I feel it makes a lot of sense as an independent musician and independent record label such as myself to to be doing this to uh, maximize the exposure. 
You know, so every one month or two months I'm releasing something and it keeps me out there. But I think when you release the album in its totality, it is going to be an album and it's all going to flow together. Yes. yes. So even though you're releasing singles as, as we go along, it's not as if when you, when you come to release the collection, they're just going to be different things all over the place. Right. No, they're, they're coming from a body of work that was thought about and planned as a body of work before the singles were released. Um, even choosing the album order, the track order, was something that Tim and I sort of toot and froed upon. Um, eventually, choosing a, a particular track order that 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 we felt works with a nice flow. And um, Tim was very good with thinking about things like, well, you want a side A and a side B. If you're going to le- release this on vinyl, you want to think about the order as in terms of vinyl, um, which is or a cassette, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I, that was great because I've never done that before. Because every time I've released an album, it was during the CD times. So I wasn't thinking about that. It was for me, an album order was um, sort of a CD order, but it's interesting to, cause a vinyl is a different kettle of fish, you know, sure. you've got, you've got four or five songs on side A and side B, and then you need that pause or that intermission in the middle, if you will. <laughs> um, and well, well, people flip it, right? So track one on side B needs to be just as much of a wallop as track one on side A. So you have to think about that. Now, in the days of CD, you never thought about that. Like, you're like, well, that's song five, whatever. It's just going on from song four, whatever it is. But I think it's, uh, it's good to know. It's, and he brought, Tim brought that up. And he's the, um, he's the engineer and producer that I, I co-produced this album with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned him on one of your other shows, but I'll let, uh, just shout out, shout out to Tim again. Uh, Tim Leitner, he's a um, um, prominent studio mus- um, engineer and, and producer who works out of Sticky Audio Labs here in New York. And uh, Tim and I had a great time recording this. We really clicked. It was just a, the right chemistry to make to make this record. And so I thank Tim for you know giving me little, little bits of advice like that, like that. Think about track order in terms of vinyl, especially if you're going to, if you're going to be releasing on vinyl later on. Yeah, um, which is is planned. So when the album comes out, um, it will be released on vinyl. I'm not even sure I will release it on CD. Probably not. Um, maybe I don't know. And. I don't have a name for it. I was going to ask because everything seems to be fourth studio album. Yeah. I keep, well, that's the best work, the label I have for <laughs> it's it. It's the right best now. working title right now. Yeah. Um, and it's hard because when you're releasing CDs and you're sort of encoding uh, that, that metadata to a, an MP3, a digital file, you usually put an album that, that it's from. So I've just been putting fourth studio album because I don't know the album name yet. I'm getting closer. I, I wish I could have some help choosing the title. So I might make a poll and put it out to the, <laughs> to the fans and um, social media audience and see what they like. That might be the way to do it. Okay. Let's take people into your dark side and let's, uh, <laughs> and let's give them a little taste of the villain hmm. and we'll follow it with another brand new release from a band out of the Netherlands. And then let's come back and, and, and chat about some things that are a follow-up from a show I did on Friday evening talking to an independent record label. We can talk about what it means to be an independent musician uh, these days. And uh, we'll give people a bit more background of how everything came together and the people you are working with. Great. You are listening to The Road and Hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. We are in the studio with Eden James, and this is The Villain.
I don't deserve you But it's you they know, not me What do they think I'm deserving of When they've never even had me for tea And I felt conflicted Cause I left when you stayed They want you safe and secure from all things that are bad I'm the villain
Come Home by Pip Blom from their recent re-released EP Paycheck there out of the Netherlands. And before that, we heard the villain by our villain in the studio this evening, Eden James. And I first heard that song five years ago. I might be the only one in the world, unless you have a copy of it as well, that has an acoustic version of it. That am I there? Hello, test yep. test. Um, I might have that same acoustic recording, uh, but then it's just the two of us who are the only people who have who, have that recording. Who have it? I yeah. have. I have not shared that with anybody. And that's why I keep coming back. <laughs> so that's. I, I know that's not the your most recent release, the one we're going to be talking about later. Um, but that's a five year. You were working on that song five years ago, and then finally sort of got it through the whole process, got it to a stage where you liked it and said, okay, we're finally going to put this down. Uh, well, almost, yeah, you could look at it that way. Um, okay. So I, I am a, a late bloomer. I, I take my time in things. And that song was written um, back at that time, a little bit before that, and it was a fresh song back then. Mm-hmm. But because I wasn't, in a recording phase, or I just didn't have the, I don't know, for some reason I wasn't recording it at that time, so that never got recorded. Um, so that recording was was probably the first recording of that song. Um, I only played it live with the band until I got in the studio uh, recently to record it on this, this current album or this current um, group of recordings. Now, did the rest of the songs, like, just come out around that? Um, was the villain sort of the genesis for everything else that's going to be this fourth studio album? Uh, actually, well, it w- was one of the, n- the newer ones um, that had that, that was written in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and So not all of these, these newer songs were written here. Some of them were half-baked in London and finished off here. Lyrically, I think everything's fresh. Everything is uh, new lyrics. Um, some ideas that I had before, before I arrived, and this is, so I've been in New York eight years. Um, so it, it, yeah, some, this is a long time coming for for the villain. Um, it's, it's been in sort of on the shelf for a long time, but you, but you like the villain. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, I love the villain. You love the villain. (laughs) Quoting myself. Yeah. Yeah. So on, uh, on, on Friday, I, uh, did a show on potluck dinner and, uh, with, uh, John Luca, who has a show on Saturday nights here. And we talked to the uh, owner of Wild Honey Records, who's a, which is an independent record label from Italy. And he sort of, you know, explained what goes into being a owner of an independent record label. Um, so then I wanted to ask you, like, what is it, like, what's part of your day to day about, you know, being an independent musician? Because the independent musician has always got to be there. Or if it's not, it's not very far from the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's it's a lot of work. So uh, I, I think in this current climate of the music industry, where there are a lot of music, uh, a lot of independent musicians doing it themselves, mm-hmm. DIY musician, and it's it's great because we can, we have the technology now that we can, so we are. Um, but the problem is, it's is marketplace is so flooded, and there's such like so much saturation of so many artists. Not everyone can manage to break through or gets get the recognition that they're looking for, or get some awareness going. Um, so to do that, I feel that the artist needs to play the role of the record label and that is the marketing and get it out there. Um, the networking and all, all that business and admin side of, of the industry. 
so that's what I've been doing for well, quite some time now uh, since I l- moved on from EMI in Greece. Um, my record label is Eden James Entertainment, nice sort of like white boxy kind mm-hmm. of name. Um, and I, I've been sort of running or doing the role of record label and doing all those A&R things, the marketing, th- the marketing side of things, the, um, you know, the emails and, and the, the, the business plan. And I, I think it's, it's, it's really hard. And I, there's a lot of stuff online that you can read about and a lot of, um, uh, tutorials and seminars that you can go to and sign up for to learn all this stuff. And it's fantastic. And, and I think I might even do a little of that myself. And I, and I have been, I've been, I've been doing a lot of research, um, but it's tough. I mean, yeah. how do you fit, how does one person fit all that in? They, they generally don't, they have to cut corners and let things fall through the gaps, um, of the cracks. And, you know, you, you just got to choose your priorities out of that and say, okay, what's, what's more important? Is it really important to make these videos or is it more important to get a local groundswell happening? Um, and, and, you know, you got to pick your battles. And it's, it's, it's very difficult, but it's interesting and also exciting and fun at the same time because you're doing what you love and you're working for a cause that, that you believe in. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's getting your own art out there. And that's, that's uh, rewarding in nature. Now, with this new release, Dangerous Game, before we sort of talk about what it's about, you now you worked with some incredibly talented people uh, going into this into the studio. So you worked with Larry Saltzman, mm. who was involved with Paul Simon, yeah, and and then Sterling Campbell, who was playing drums for I would say one of your heroes, uh, David Bowie, yeah, yeah, and and now how I mean one that that's got to be fantastic feeling. Uh, that you probably just want to absorb some stories and whatnot from those people. But at the, at the same time, you want to get their knowledge and help it come out in yeah. your recording. Yeah. Um, and, and so the way that, the way I met these musicians is by working with Tim, Tim Leitner, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim suggested that we bring in certain players, uh, to record on certain songs. Um, I had a lot, I had half the things recorded with my uh, current band lineup at the time. And sometimes we wanted to replace some parts. And, and, and this is where Tim stepped in and said, I think so-and-so, uh, would be good for this part. Um, so we did use Larry Saltzman, who is the guitarist in Paul Simon's band. And, and Larry was a perfect choice. He, he came and he brought all the right stuff to, to the tracks and, I loved everything about Larry, not just what he played on my record, but working with him, with him is, was, um, a great, great experience. Uh, very talented, um, musician and a very humble, humble gentleman. And he was, uh, he's sort of quiet, but he would, he would listen to everything and, and think to himself, what, what am I here to do? What is needed in the track? Um, and it was very much a less is more kind of approach, but what, what he did was so good. I'm really in awe of all of Larry's talents. Yeah. And, uh, and then Sterling Campbell, the drummer for David Bowie, uh, I think he was drumming for David Bowie for a very long time. I'm thinking like 10 years or more. Um, okay. cause I've seen, wow. I've seen sort of some old Bowie stuff. And since I met Sterling, I've, I've seen, I've watched these documentaries again. And I go, Oh, 
They're, I know that guy. Still, yeah, <laughs> yeah, here he is. Um, and even recently, actually, I was listening to uh, Bowie live at Glastonbury, and I'm listening to the drumming, and I'm thinking, that sounds like Sterling's style. And, and I listened to the whole record, and at one point, Bowie does introduce Sterling. Yep. And he said, he's still Sterling Campbell. I went, no, there you go. I was right. <laughs> um, now, it, it, it gave you an opportunity, uh, and I don't mean this to say that you're not a professional, but it gave you an opportunity to see how professionals really operate then when they go into the studio. Yeah, it's it's great to see uh, people on who are sort of a higher echelon and uh, much who have had much longer careers um, in in the industry and to see see how they work and until obviously to learn from them absolutely. Um, I learned a lot from Tim, working with Tim, um, and how we met Sterling was funny because on this song we decided to try to add some overdub uh, drum fills to the already. Current drums. So the current drums were actually played um, by Dave LeBlanc, ah, who you good friend. know and yes. met. And um, Dave LeBlanc's a New York drummer, and he's um, done a lot of touring, and he's playing the drums on actually on this recording. But we wanted to do some o- overdubs. So at Sticky Audio Labs, Sterling had a, a room or a studio in um, at Sticky, and so he was in there every every uh, every other day. Or um, and we'd see him, and I'd see him by you know the water fountain or the coffee maker or something. And we thought, well, hey, um, would you mind trying something out for us? And so he came in, and we we tried some fills, and we said, I want to try some Ringo fills on this. Bring out your Ringo arsenal. (laughs) Bring out your library of Ringo fills. Sure. And let's try something. And he he did it. He, He basically gave us his Ringo fills, and it was very Ringo, but it just wasn't working for this track. And it was something that Tim and I tried, but we weren't afraid to try it. And we just said, it's not it's great. You're doing exactly what we, we asked for, um, but it's not working. So we, we took them out and we ended up sort of programming some little uh, – they weren't Ringo fills. It's more like a um, a uh, Brian Eno kind of – Okay. Like uh, U2, like little drum rhythm. Mm-hmm at the very back of a chorus and that ended up working. And then we were both on the fence about it, Tim and I, about whether it should stay. And I'm thinking, well, it really breaks things up. It breaks the space and it breaks the sort of rhythm of the kick and the snare. It breaks it up in, in a good way. And I think Tim ended up liking it. He didn't like it at first. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah. And then, and then we sort of switched. I'm like, I'm not liking it. And he's like, I really like it now. <laughs> so it just stayed in. We just left it in. And right. I, think it's, I think it works. So you'll hear it eventually when, when we play it. Sure. So what is Dangerous Game about? It, it's Right. Um, it, it's about that threat of, you know, when something's destructive, when you know you're getting into something, and I don't – it's – you know, we, you're getting into a destru- something, and we shouldn't be getting into it, but we do it anyways. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, a destructive relationship that is, you know it's destructive, but you can't help yourself. It's like a child's child's um, inability to say this is not good for me, so I won't do it. Um, I'm I'm still at that stage of my life. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, so it's it's about that. That's the dangerous part of it, and the game is sort of the mental game is. Um, the control that someone has over another person uh, and you, you you are aware of it happening to you. You are aware that you're being manipulated um, and yet some part of you wants to walk into that fire anyway. Um, you gladly go into that 
into that uh, destruction. <laughs> That's what the song's about. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> as long as people are prepared. It is going to be available for people on Friday, March 15th. Yeah. From, you go to Eden James. Yep, EdenJames.com will point you to all the places, but generally Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Napster, you all, all of the stuff. All right. You are listening to The Road Hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is Dangerous Game by our guest this evening, Eden James.
Hey, you are listening to The Road Now on Radio Free Brooklyn. One of the things that we need to do here at Radio Free Brooklyn is keep the lights on, keep everybody happy. If you have an opportunity to go to our homepage and find the donate button, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, donate and help us by giving a monthly donation, giving a one-time donation, $1, whatever's in your pocket, that would be fantastic. What we do here is bringing the sounds and the stories of Brooklyn to the airwaves on Radio Free Brooklyn, and we would certainly like your help in making sure we continue to do that. We heard there the brand new single by our guest this evening, Eden James, Dangerous Game, which is going to be out on Friday the 15th, and that's going to be available from all major distributions. But if you go to AidenJames.com, you will be able to find all the links to purchase it from your favorite music retailing source. Come to the show on Sunday evening and hear it live at Pianos and $8 tickets in advance. You can get those at TicketFly. And we followed that song about going in and maybe going into situations that you know you shouldn't be going into situations. Uh, we followed it with a song called uh, Damage Control mm. uh, yeah. uh, by uh, Modest Depose. And strangely enough, they are out of the Netherlands uh, as well. So um, let me um, ask, you, ask you this. What is some of the inspiration? You know, wh- where, where do these types of ideas come from that you're looking to when you write your, write your lyrics and your ideas for your songs? Um, life is the short answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, as, as a writer, I think your job is an observer and to share that, those observations. Um, and as an artist, you, you should be doing those in, in an interesting way, in a pleasant way. This is, this is, I think, the beauty of art when art becomes beautiful is it's delivered in a way that attracts the the bee um or you know the uh, the, the listener so you know you, you don't just share your situation but you share it i believe in a poetic manner in a poetic fashion and i and that's something that i was very i was drawn to very early on is is poetry and the, the poetry in lyricism and rock and roll music and all sorts all music really pop as well um so uh, and, and if I may ask, then what yeah. like what type of poetry or what uh, examples? Well, if, I, if you I, I think it can be any poetry at all. I think that's like the beauty of the the word. And and when we hear poetry that we like, it resonates with us. And, and we th- and sometimes we don't know why it resonates. We just hear a string of words and think that's got me, but I'm not sure why it's got me or how it's got me or what it's what it's saying. Um, I I one of my favorite poets is Arthur Rimbaud and. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not familiar. Uh, Arthur Rimbaud is a sort of a, a 19th century French poet um, who didn't have a very long life. I think he died before he was 30 years old. I think all his poetry was written before he was 19. Wow. Okay. Um, and then after that, he he went on to be, uh, a, I think, a, a gun runner, a weapons dealer in Africa. Uh, yeah, amazing story. Probably not a long uh, life expectancy doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, um, and he, he died of gangrene or something like that. Um, but there's a there's a book that I have, and I, it's uh, like the complete works of Arthur Rimbaud. Sure, and it has. I'd, I'd love to hear some of it. He, he has well, he has some of his letters to his sister. He was who he was very close with at the end. So you get an idea of how he writes personally to his family, 
compared to how he writes um, as as a poet. And so this, these are the complete works. Apparently, this is all his – this book I'm holding in front of me. It's all his uh, poetry. And it's it's amazing stuff. Now, it was originally written in French, and then had to, it had to be translated mm-hmm. um, to English. So, so one of my questions is, is how does that work with poetry? It's <laughs> like you have to get the – the meter correct, you have to get the rhymes correct, and you can't really do that with another language. So, <laughs> Right, because I know you're going to translate it from French to English, and then somebody's going to translate it from English back to French to say, is this what they're really saying? And then you have to manipulate it. And- I mean, what a job. <laughs> what a job. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'd love to get into... Do, do, people- you want, do you want to read one of his? Yeah, his let, yeah okay. let me read sure. you a quick like, short poem. This is called To a Reason. This this will be the first poem ever read on the Roden Hour. Excellent. Well, I think it, it should be from this gentleman. To a Reason by Arthur Rimbaud. Your finger strikes the drum, dispersing all its sounds, and new harmony begins. Your step is the rise of new men, they're setting out. You turn away your head, new love. You turn your head again. New love. Alter our fates, destroy our plagues, beginning with time. Sing the children. They beg of you, make out of anything the stuff of our fortunes and desires. Come from always, you will go away everywhere. Very nice. Do you... uh, Drops mic. (laughs) Wait, wait, I'll... I'll ask you this. Do you know who my favorite poet is? No. Uh, Krakowski. So, you know, we're kind of talking about things on a different level right there. Um, so do, do you feel that like with when the finger strikes the, the drum are, is that sort of a sensation that you feel sort of washes over you when you start to create? Um, I don't know exactly what that poem was about because I just picked it up and it was just a short poem <laughs> in the book. And I thought that's good and I'll read it. Um, I haven't stopped to dissect it or, or let it uh, sway me in any way. Um, so I'm glad you went there. So glad you went there. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but but, it, but it, it is very much a poem that would appeal, I think, to a lot of artists, a lot of musicians, mm. and what they're doing with their creative process and how when they – sort of first sit down or they sort of whatever that finger on, on the drum and how it all just flows right. from there. And right. I, 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 I'm not a creative person myself in, in any way in terms of creating Well, I beg music. to differ. I think we've had this conversation before I, I as well. <laughs> um, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't want me to write a song. <laughs> um, but I think that, that we would all like to think, or I guess from the creative aspect for myself, we all would like to think that what we are doing is going to change the world. And every time we, we sort of look to create something. Right. The world or one person. Yes. And that's enough. I think if you change one person for the good, for the better, for their better, yes. for their betterment, not yours, for theirs, I think that's enough. I'm, it, not to, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about persuading someone mm-hmm. to think like you think. I'm talking about giving someone something that they, they need um, or that, that helps them in some way. And it, I, and it, and, and I, I think uh, as, a, as an artist that that is actually the best way to go about uh, 
creating your 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 art that if you you will increase your fan base one mind at a time at, yeah. at a time one pair of ears at a time <laughs> yeah that that you will you will reach that right person it will have an impact on them and then their life will be better yeah and we'll go from there and i i think a lot of artists um are probably in a similar boat and similar situation when, when you get that first fan email that that changes your belief in yourself you know you might be feeling down and should i continue when you get this one fan mail that says oh my god you held my my week my month my day my life whatever by by this one song that they this person connects with and it's their crutch it's their support system it was it's their therapist mm-hmm. it that's enough if you know when you think about that you think wow that's I, you know, I didn't know who you were. Um, I didn't know you existed. I didn't know your troubles or your your trials in life. And yet, what I what I'm working on, my creations, my songs, my art has helped you. And you've told me about it. That's what, what gratitude. It's sort of a. It's why you keep doing what you're doing, right? You know. Well, I'm certainly happy that you keep doing what what you're doing. Um, I've enjoyed getting out and seeing you play live. Um, excited that you're going to be playing again at pianos because I think you love pianos and I think the stage at pianos loves you because there's a great freedom for you to move and, <clears throat> excuse me, present your music or add your dramatic flair to the presentation of your music. So I will highly encourage people to get out on Sunday evening and go out to pianos and enjoy a really a uh, nice evening of music. You'll get to hear uh, new music. I love seeing live music um, and be there when the, after the song is officially released on the 15th. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm maybe I should be drinking more beer. <laughs> maybe that, that would have, that would have helped us out. Let's close out mm-hmm. with bad girl, which there's an awesome video for, which if you go to edenjames.com, you'll be able to see. Um, And then we look forward to seeing people on Sunday evening at Pianos. And we will also look forward to when the whole album ends up being released. Dangerous Game will be released Friday, March 15th, EdenJames.com. It will take you everywhere. Please stay tuned for Everybody Plays the Fool with Shane. As always, Eden, thank you for making music that I like. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Catch you on the flip side. (laughs) 